Coming at you from coast to coast, it's The Real Deal Podcast, with your hosts, Ian Phillips and Cassie Grimaldi. Welcome to another episode of The Real Deal Podcast. My name is Ian Phillips. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Cassie Grimaldi. Hi, everybody. It's me, Cassie. And this (laughs) is a very special bonus episode Congratulations, you have the bonus episode. Your princess is in this castle. For this special bonus episode, uh, we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones. So, uh, this past Sunday night was the season four finale, and Cassie and I, as long as over, I don't know, like, a lot of, a lot of this country and a lot of the world were tuned in last night because... This is event television, if there ever was any that still uh, exists now. It's a reason to watch the live television. I mean, I didn't watch it live, but other people were. It was one of the highest highest rated HBO episodes, I think. Yeah, I almost watched it live. I started at like 9.02 in 30 seconds. I was coming coming back from Father's Day things, so I was a little bit late, but... I can guarantee you I received many texts from people telling me, oh, my God, did you see what just happened? My response was, no, I didn't because I'm not watching it live right now because it's the future and we have HBO Go. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, we're going to talk about the finale tonight and then uh, talk about the season as a whole. Uh, we decided to make this a special bonus episode because uh, we want to use as many spoilers as possible and not have to – pair it up with uh, other things we talk about. Game of Thrones is a very special show to us, and I'm sure to all of you. So I'm going to say from this point forward, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the entirety of Season 4 of Game of Thrones, please proceed with caution or don't listen at all and go finish the season right now. Okay, Cassie, so last night was the Season 4 finale of Game of Thrones. This episode was simply called The Children. Mm -hmm. And uh, overall, how did you feel about it? I really liked it. Thanks for asking. Um, You're welcome. Um, well, um, uh, um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought didn't really tie any knots too much, so, but, um... What do you mean by that? Like, Um, well, I mean, I guess you can't really expect a series that's continuing indefinitely mm-hmm. to have any narrative knots tied, and I th- last season... It's it ended with um, Daenerys crowd surfing and everyone yelling pizza <laughs> at her or something, right? <laughs> well, um, yeah. Last season definitely didn't end, didn't tie any knots at all, given that it ended in the middle of a book. Yeah. So this season was a little more definitive. They had to change a lot of things. Apparently, I didn't read the book, but uh, this is an episode filled with a lot of shockers in a season that was filled with them, a.k.a. By shockers in Game of Thrones, we mean people you like <laughs> just dying. Yeah, people people die. Yes, people, and, people uh, die in this. And uh, they don't hold back from that universal truth. No, like they the do not. It's like the stars. Exactly. <laughs> that's actually it's interesting. I want to bring, because the show is incredibly death-oriented besides people dying. There's like a lot of mottos, like... Some people say all men must die in the show. There's what it, I think that that's what Valdemar Gulis means. All men must die. Correct. Yeah, it's like this thing from the Isle of Bravos, which is yes. this free city, and um, where Arya Stark is going at the end of the episode. Yeah, he tied it to the end. Um, yeah. So basically, 
Uh, this show is about both people dying all the time, but also this idea that people can uh, come back to life. Um, as Maybe. we saw in Who that, yes, yeah, some people can, and that as we saw in that ridiculous uh, skeleton fight, yeah. which was. I don't, Jason I don't know, and the Argonauts. That that's yes, I, yes. It was Jason and the Argonauts. I I don't know. I'm really curious to see the budget figures that for this show and how much money they are using, especially for things like that. Um, because it's definitely probably one of the most expensive shows that's ever I, been made. But sometimes I like it looks to great. Think of I like to think there's this giant tree in HBO headquarters that grows through the entire building, which is a skyscraper in Midtown, and money just comes from the skyscraper <laughs> They have, a, they have a little bonsai money garden on top of their roof in Midtown overlooking Bryant Park. Yeah. That, that, that about makes sense. So there were many deaths this season, and especially um, last night. We talked in an older episode, go listen to it, about uh, Joffrey's death, which was... Really, which was a really big deal, obviously, because that was he was the most hated character on the show. Yeah, but, um, and my theory about it was proven right. Yes, it but... was. You heard it here first on the real deal, as stolen yeah. from Reddit. Um, yeah, unless you read Reddit, then you yes. But read last it night, first. last night we lost another Lannister. Uh, Tywin died. So uh, just a little rundown <laughs> of the scene. So Tyrion was awaiting in prison to be executed and his brother Jamie let him out and had a special like trap door set up for him to him to go out of. Um, so Tyrion goes out and it's led in right into his father Tywin's bedroom where he sees Shay, who was the uh, prostitute who Tyrion fell in love with lying in his father's bed. And mm-hmm. she sees, am I, no, am I, I was getting just something wrong? Tisking it. The, the drama of it all. Yes, yes, no, that, that was a... <laughs> okay, just checking. But um, anyway, so she sees him. She still hates him. She holds a knife to him. They get into a little scuffle, which leaves her dead in the end, which was one really big shocker. And then, and <laughs> then the next thing shocker it makes me laugh. Yes, it is pretty funny. But um, so anyway, after that, Tyrion takes a crossbow. And finds his father in the bathroom where he is pooping, which I find hilarious. But yeah, um, and the book, have... the line is, um, it's something like, and then it was, it was then that Tyrion knew that his father didn't shit gold or something like that. Yes, it's an that's an amazing line, and it's really I hate when you find things like that from the book that can't make it over to the screen that you really want to because they're so perfect. But there's some things like that that just it wouldn't make sense. In yeah, that everybody moment loves on a good screen. poop joke. Yes, everybody loves a good poop joke. Especially George R. R. Martin, who has, for somebody so dark, has a very good sense of humor. Yeah, I can imagine him, like, writing that on his, like, 90s typewriter that he uses <laughs> going, like, hee-hee-hee. Like. <laughs> does, he, does he write on a typewriter still? He writes on, like, one like of those blue screen computers from, like, does. that doesn't have access to the internet. So he doesn't get distracted. That that's actually a, a brilliant idea from a brilliant man. But anyway, so Tywin died, which was uh, I was not expecting at all. Uh, Tyrion's really pissed at him clearly for many reasons. One of them being that he was going to let Tyrion die. Another that he was sleeping with Shay, etc. But I don't like 
I think Tywin was a really interesting character in the show because I hated him in earlier seasons, looked at him as a villain, and these last two seasons, he, like every other character in Game of Thrones, is not painted in black and white, but in gray, and that his motives are... Tywin, I think his motives are always kind of a little mixed. I think he's purely greedy. He is pretty... He is greedy, I guess, but he puts like an or like something around it like he uses his family to justify it the way Walter White would mm. yeah I don't know what would you would you were, did you find that moment there's very few cathartic moments in the season of Game of Thrones after Joffrey's death it was mostly downhill from there but did you find anything cathartic in this or were you upset in, in Tywin's or, death yeah um, well um yeah. What was I gonna say? I lost my train of thought. Producer Nick will have to edit this little hiccup out. But um, <laughs> I don't. I think like what you're saying about his family is always referred to as my. Uh, he refers to it as my legacy. Yes, and that's true. So that's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it's a little. Yeah, I think it's meant to be ambiguous to interpretation but you're, he's completely selfish yeah i think once I th- his wife died he lost it yeah and he I clearly th- didn't know how to raise his, his weird incestuous children even not do even job. jamie and Tyrion had a little kiss there so uh <laughs> boundaries there there are no boundaries in the lannister family but i like the point you were saying about his selfishness because i was just thinking about earlier and I was starting to realize that he doesn't. He keeps saying that he wants to do what's best for his family, but really he wants to do what's best for his family's image, and he really couldn't care less. He will. He's this. This is why he like he will do. He will sacrifice his family's happiness in order to make his family happy, which obviously doesn't. Which is why the the Lannister family is so miserable and dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. They're actually they're all horrible people, but I think they've become the most interesting family in Game of Thrones precisely because of all their conflicts. Yeah, I agree. They're the most they're, interesting for sure. They remind me of the Bluth family a lot from Rest Development, and I'm not even <laughs> kidding when I say that. Just because there's a lot of twisted people with a lot of very twisted ideas about family, and there's that whole idea that everybody seems to say, I will do anything for my family, but they will also screw over anybody in their family. Yeah. I think the funniest part for I kept like laughing unexpected unexpectedly at some of the things and like right after um Tyrion shoots Tywin Tywin shows you shot me <laughs> and it was so ex- I totally expected him to say that which was the thing yeah and then he says you're no he says you're not part of my family he says you're no son of mine and then boom he gets shot again. Yeah, he says, I have always been your son, and then he shoots him. And again, the pure irony of the fact that he's just sitting on the toilet while dying. Yeah, it's like that old YouTube hit. Yes, exact. it's exactly like we that. We won't rehash a- it, though. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, that was probably the biggest... There was, there, was a lot, there was a lot, though, going on in this season finale. A lot of... Another major character who did die or we presume has died was the hound the hound we don't, the hound where we don't see him die but we see him in the process of it after he tries to defend Arya from Bree who is 
of Tarth, who is also trying to defend Arya from the Hound. Uh, they get into a duel in which the Hound falls off a cliff. Yeah, I have lots of notes about this. I have like yes. this big notebook. Oh, right let's, now. Let's, so what do you what do you have to say about that? Also, <laughs> apparently, I might be reading wrong, but I think this wasn't in the book. Mm-hmm. From what I've I heard, don't but know. what I don't did know. you? This was a really exciting scene. I thought this was it was oh. a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So, um, let me set the scene for you. Bri- Please Bri- do. <laughs> Brienne and Podrick wake up. Their horses are gone, and so Podrick pa- messes Podrick's up again. A stu- is a stupid idiot, and all he knows He's how to do is have sex. Apparently, <laughs> and um. <laughs> And so Brienne's looking for the horses, and she sees Arya. And then um, Arya was talking to the Hound off screen, which really made me laugh. And so um, mm-hmm. Brienne and Arya sort of are bonding, and then the Hound shows up, and they recognize each other, Brienne and the Hound. And then Brienne realizes you're, she says you're Arya Stark, and then the Hound gets very defensive, and they start fighting. And he's like, stay out of my swamp. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so they, they get into a pretty a pretty awesome duel. Yeah, and right before they start fighting, um, Brienne says to Arya that she can take her to safety. And then the Hound says, there is no safety. Where is safety? It doesn't exist. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, theme. But, <laughs> um, yeah. But- so... There really is no safety. I don't know if Arya even wants safety at this point. I think she likes being a rogue warrior. I think I don't know what she wants. She doesn't know what she wants. Uh, I mean, she can't really... Does she want... She might want revenge, but, like, Joffrey's dead. What revenge can she get at this point? Exactly. Most of her family is dead. I think she literally wants to be the next The Hound. I think she just wants to kind of shut out the world. She's become very much a sociopath since the death of... Her mother and brother you at the end so? of season three. I mean, I I I would I would assume so. Hmm. She's a pretty great character. Apparently, that the name Arya is now like one of the biggest baby names in this country. People are naming their babies Arya. Huh. Well. Yeah. Well. But any. But anyway, there's one there's one interesting moment towards the end where the Hound is lying there dying, and he's yelling that he would kill somebody for some wine right now because. All he does is talk about how much he wants wine. Somebody should make a super cut of that. Oh, he's always yeah. like, give me the wine, you idiots. But anyway, he's it's, telling... Just like that? Yeah, just like that. He's lying there dying, and he asks Arya to just just finish him off. And she doesn't say no or yes or anything. She just kind of stares and then walks away. Uh-huh. And it's funny because there's a, a few... A few um, a few episodes ago, there was a moment when Arya talks about her kill list and says that he is on her list. but And he's trying to goad her into killing her by taunting her and all these things, and she refuses to do it. Why Why do you think she, she wouldn't do it? Um, because she's a sociopath, like you said before. Um, yes. And he was... I think he, he was mean to her while she was like... Um, she was um she was standing there and he was suffering he was terrible to her still yeah. and i think people are might be like sort of discounting to discounting that as like cute little wolf 
what I mean, uh, hound Arya um, banter, but it's not. Mm-hmm. He told her he was gonna rape her sister till she was bloody, and that, yeah, her, that your real awful. killer will be your um, the way you sword fight and blah blah blah. And like, I think that she took more satisfaction in sh- the nature of his death because she had the opportunity to take mercy on him, and she chose not to. Yeah. And, and um. The first time I watched this episode, I was like, he's not dead. He's going to come back. It's Game of Thrones. It's crazy. And then, <laughs> on upon second viewing, I realized that, no, he's dead. He's not going to come back. Because it wasn't about the ambiguity of the scene. It was about Arya choosing to leave him there. He had a broken femur. That was poking yes. through his leg. He's going to die. Yeah, he's gonna. he had a broken femur. Everything was bloody he fell off the cliff but do you think she felt like any kind of debt or gratefulness for him the fact that he kind of was her guide this whole time and teaching her how to how to protect herself and how to fight and how to kill i think so and that's what made her all the more cold and yeah because if you contrast that to um what happened just a few minutes earlier with um brie jurgen and um and bran and the gang um, when the <laughs> skeletons f- from 1985 popped out of the ground, <laughs> um, they killed Jojen. Not why did I say Jurgen? Jurgen's like a lotion company god, nah. <laughs> but Jojen. It, it sounds like a Game of Thrones character. Yeah, Jurgen's natural glow. <laughs> um, Jojen got killed by one of the skeletons, and then his sister Mercy killed him, so she wouldn't be- he wouldn't become a zombie. And yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that in this episode about making sure you kill people again or as they say in Zombieland double tap. Yeah. Make um, sure after they're dead that they're still dead and not yeah. going to come back as zombies. Yeah. So um Yeah. And speaking of zombies, there was actually I like I haven't read the books. Cassie's read the first few books and there was a part there was a character named uh, Lady Stoneheart, and Let's not it's, wait. What? I don't we know. Not, I'm not going to spoil it, but all I'm going to say is because I already know I'm not going to spoil it. But I'm just going to say that there was supposed to be a significant zombie involved. Yes, a zombie coming back, and it didn't happen. All I can say is I got spoiled for it, but then I decided I've already spoiled, and I read the part from the book, and it's freaking awesome. And it's too bad it wasn't in this season maybe it'll be next season i i trust uh db weiss and david benioff for whatever they've decided to do because they're way smarter than me and they write game of thrones so i trust their decisions and things like that yeah but it it pissed off a lot of fans who might have been waiting for something to get mad about Mm -hmm. because that happens a lot of the time but also there's a chance we might be getting the mountain coming back as a zombie because Mm-hmm. They got she got that crazy potion. I think that was sort of for, uh, foreshadowing to um, what was going to happen with um, the af- aforementioned zombie. <laughs> yes, I think I think you might be right. I think it was it like was a an te- homage. <laughs> it was a it was a tease a little bit, I guess. Yeah, but um, there was actually there was a lot of stuff that didn't they didn't really get to in the finale. They didn't really close off Sansa's story. 
I guess it was. It was last she time closed that off two episodes. That's. I, I guess it was, but she was just starting. To, her character was starting to get was going went through a dramatic change. To in the episode, the mountain and the viper, her character went through a very dramatic change. Yeah, but that was the end of her season long arc. You think that that's just the end of it? That's the end of her arc. Yeah. Yeah. It was just very interesting. I was looking forward to seeing what else they would do with the character. Was all mm-hmm. I was saying. I just think we could have used a few less Jon Snow scenes in general. Ugh. I don't know what it is about Jon Snow. I get that he's an important character, but I could have used less time of him crying over Egret's body. I know they're in love. They have a beautiful love thing going on. I just, for some reason, everything that happens north of the wall is not that interesting to me. I don't. I think I might not be alone here. How do you I feel agree. about that? Jon Snow's so annoying, and Egret was so cool, and she was too cool for him. She and was awesome. she shouldn't have just tried to... Get mm-hmm. with the first floppy-haired boy who gave her <laughs> attention. And there are so many guys with long hair and beards in Westeros, it seems like. Mm-mm. She went for that one. And also, my theory is that any storyline that takes place in cold weather on Game of Thrones is going to be kind of dull. And Bran's story has mostly been kind of annoying. I don't know what it is. Maybe his character's not that dynamic. Like we said, there was the whole Jason and the Argonauts thing this episode, so it was kind of interesting. I My still friend, appreciate Hodor. Who Your friend? reads the books was texting me last night, and she was like, I wish I didn't ch- skip over Bran's chapter so much so I knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> I have and another was... friend who read the books and told me he feels the same way about Bran. Yeah. So we're, so we're not alone. Literally, he's so dull, his name basically is derived from Raisin Bran. Yeah. Bran. Yeah. Muffin. Yes, and... I thought, um, the whole, uh, Three-Eyed Raven thing was just, like, ugh. And how is... I don't know. I don't know. How is what? Well, I don't understand how Bran is still alive. It's as if to suggest that the elements are less powerful than all, like, the literal backstabbing and betrayal going on. And I think that's really an interesting... Bran is very power. Bran is very powerful as well because he can control minds. I guess it is and make people. I don't understand his powers a hundred percent. Whatever. Who cares? Literally, yeah, who I'm cares? Just, yes, he will somehow survive as long, alive. as long as he has Hodor dragging him around. Oh, God. And I yeah, I don't know. I thought the whole lair they went into looked a lot like the movie The Dark Crystal. I've never seen that. Oh. You will but know what was, what I, I mean. don't, you know, I wasn't quite sure a clear of that scene, so they met this man, Three-Eyed Raven. Yeah, I guess, um, well, where are they, <laughs> so, um, right before they got to, um, the thing, they, the, the red tree, they're called the weirwood yes. trees or whatever. Weirwood trees, and you got it. supposedly, the children, which is what, um, the little girl who saved... Bran and the gang from um from um, um, um the skeleton people, um <laughs> she um they are like before the first men who they always talk about. There were yes. the children, and the children were the ones who planted the weirwood trees, and so that's what they were inside of. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess there's just a Professor Dumbledore wizard <laughs> one hundred and one guy sitting in the tree being all. Ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is a society that's built on Westeros. Is just built on layers and layers of of dead people who sometimes happen to come back to life. 
Yeah. The thing Basically. that made me most laugh about their encounter was when, when Bran, like, super eagerly goes, am I gonna walk again? And, like, old like, wizard no. guy says, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we'll give you other things, but you are never gonna walk again. Yeah, it made me laugh out loud. Yes. But anyway. But anyway, um, I think we should kind of, uh, look out a little bit and talk about, compare the season finale and look at the season as a whole and see what we thought of this. Overall, season four of Game of Thrones, Cassie, what did you, would you give it a positive or negative note and how does it rank compared to the other previous three seasons? Uh, you know what? I would give, um, the small bursts of goodness that it had a positive Mm -hmm. note. But it felt like um, a lot of the episodes, nothing happened. And then there were, like, these great moments that felt somewhat disconnected from the rest of the moments in the episode. And I think that was having to do with um, storylines from multiple books happening at once. And just just storylines that right now aren't... I think it was a lot of building... To mm-hmm. something that I not I don't know what's coming. I didn't, I should no. maybe read the books, but I I agree with you there. I've been reading. I like that's an opinion. I've actually I felt like in the past Game of Thrones sometimes had this problem. I like to cite back to I the episode from season three of Game of Thrones, um, in which it ends with Daenerys basically showing off her dragons in the army of the. Unsullied for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I believe, the episode is, and now his watch has ended. The fourth episode of season three, mm-hmm. and it's like the ending. It's like this eight-minute battle finale that's absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. But the rest, and like that episode is like ranked by people usually as one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. But people forget that before that, the fifty minutes preceding are okay. Exactly. Because this is, I was reading an article about this on the AV Club. They were saying similar things to what you said, but also that television now is kind of built on moments and what's going to get the most tweets about it and things like that. So Game of Thrones is sometimes built on those on moments like that. But like, yeah. there's, there were certain episodes, I think the most effective ones this season, there were episodes where it was more than just the moment. Like, me and you have talked about the episode of Tyrion's Trial. The episode mm-hmm. as a whole, it's not. It's it it's a good. Womp, womp. It was a good episode, not a great episode. But those seven minutes of Tyrion's trial are like, were yeah, the Emmy, speech that'll were, get him the Emmy this year. But yes, that that is the speech that'll get him the Emmy this year. But that was like just that was the best moment of the episode. Yeah, and yep, most of the episode. Then there was the part though when the dragons killed the sheep, which was like campy and funny for was, some reason. Yeah, I don't know. But, it um, seemed ridiculous. Yeah. But I think the very best episode of the season was The Mountain and the Viper. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yes, which had the, which had like the, the most, the most, the, the very much talked about duel at the end. But that lasted about four minutes long. But before that, a lot of really interesting things happened that episode. There was the Theon plot line, which a lot of people I think don't Ugh, like. But I, I, hate it. I think it's, I like the, I think it's really weird and kind of meta the way that it's Theon being Reek, but then impersonating Theon Greyjoy, but he doesn't realize that he's actually Theon Greyjoy. Ugh, I hate it. Why do you hate it? I don't know, it's just grotesque, and they're not going to win the Game of Thrones, so... No, they're not. I hate, uh, I think my least favorite, what's his name, his 
Theon's caretaker, uh, by my Ramsey's? Bl- or his Ramses, I think is right now the most horrible character on Game of Thrones in terms of on the evil scale. Yeah, exactly. Ramses is the worst. Now that now that Joffrey is dead, now that Tywin Lannister is dead, I think it's Ramses. And I don't know what this um episode was called, I can't remember, but I think the episode after the Purple Wedding was my favorite it, episode. Yes, that was the one that's called um Hold on. I can look it up. Duh, duh, duh. That episode is called uh Breaker of Chains. Yes. Yeah. How come that was your favorite one? Um, because it's when you'd see Daenerys slip into tyranny, which is my favorite, yes. one of my favorite character developments, then when you realize that she is horrible. Um, yes, I like loved the moment when, um, Littlefinger came back in. That was really good. Yes, that was awesome, and then you realized you were right the whole time. Yep. And- um, but I think... That was that was a cool episode. There's been a lot of Daenerys's uh, storyline. I have problems with sometimes not her as a character or her development. I just feel like it's happened in the past before where her story's kind of stalled in one place. Yeah, she's very like, fragmented, boring. She yeah. was actually more connected to the story the first two seasons, and now she's just out of yeah control. Well, I think eventually. Eventually, once she reaches King's Landing, whenever that is, she'll obviously become connected. But eventually, I thought last... who knows if she will? Yeah, who knows? What do I know? She's like thirteen. Um, is she? But in the show, did they make her? I know in the she's book 14. she's supposed to be thirteen. She has to be. She looks well. I guess because Amelia Clark is older, but that's kind of crazy to me. She's only fourteen. But I don't, uh, she seemed young in this in the finale in her in the short sequence she was in the finale. With it, the dragons. It, it seemed like she was really a little girl who was too big for her britches. That's kind of true. Um, the way and she was so condescending to everyone talking to her and, like, mm-hmm. she thought she was being yeah. fair, but she was just coming off like a yeah. jerk. And I thought last season, season three, was her season where she was really coming into her own, and that's when the dragons started breathing fire everywhere and before they started eating people's sheep and children, and they were really cool. Yeah. And what she was really using the Unsullying. This season is really about her kind of learning to compromise and that her really idealistic goal of, like, everybody being free, like, isn't necessarily obtainable. And that's one mm-hmm. of the other ways where she's kind of was immature and now she's kind of learning that some people want to be enslaved or it's, like, beneficial to some people. Was it, yeah, in this episode where the old man comes and says... That he was better off as a slave. Because, yeah, and... They don't know how to be free. Yeah. If I took the words out of your mouth, sorry. But, um... Okay. But, yes, she's... This season, like, was kind of about her... It was, like, kind of... Yeah, it was just her learning how to be a real ruler and that it kind of sucks to be queen. Mm-hmm. People are gonna she hate sucks. you and stuff. You think she sucks now? I think she sucks. I yeah, think she's, she's a great d- character, but she sucks. I think every that's that that that, that defines that de- yes that defines Game of Thrones right there. Every character they're a great character, but they suck. I would say that's that's a good transition. Except for Jon but- Snow, he's a terrible character and he sucks. <laughs> he sucks. And Bran, um, yeah. But I was gonna say I want to transition because I want to talk about uh, Cersei because okay. she's every season she kind of some episodes like you feel really bad for her because she's lived a really dark and kind of awful 
life and she's very sad. But sometimes she's just a really terrible person. Trish is my favorite character, I think. But no, no, but she's still every. That's the great thing about Game of Thrones is that it's okay if your favorite character is a terrible person because a lot of the people on the show are terrible people. But I just got really angry when Oberyn Martell's head exploded in the, the Viper in the mountain and that smirk of hers. Ugh. But then I see things like I remember in that's this. Why she's a good character, though. Because, but then in this finale, you see her, the part where she's, like, yelling at her father how she doesn't want to get married away. That was an incredible scene. Yeah. I think, um, it kind of, it goes back to, um, either season three or season two when her daughter is married off and taken to Dorne. Mm-hmm. And, um, she really loves her kids. And... Not, not not in the bullshit way that Tywin Lannister does. I think she actually loves her kids she, enough... She, because they're little. They're young children. Yeah. And, um... I, she's a good... She even loved Joffrey. She knew... She even... She knew Joffrey was a monster, and she still wanted justice for his death. Yeah, she's... She really loves Tom and, like, that comment she made about being torn apart. Because he's just a little boy, and, um... Mm-hmm. I think she wants to be there to make them as strong as she is. Because she's a really strong character. Yeah, she is. I remember the episode from season the black the Blackwater episode. Mm-hmm. She's also she's given a lot of Emmy worthy work on this show and has yet to be recognized. But I agree. And I think, here's my prediction about Cersei. What's your I, prediction? I think that consensual sex they had. She's gonna get pregnant again. That is my prediction. But I I'm would probably not, wrong. You might not be wrong. I, I would not be surprised because that's sometimes what happens when people have sex. But um, because yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know. But there's that was also... my prediction before um, Tywin got killed because then she'd be like, "Told ya." But um, <laughs> I think it <laughs> just to piss Daddy off. I want to see what um, a, an unexpected pregnancy is like on Game of Thrones. Like an unexpected. I mean, it's obviously explicable, but she doesn't have a husband, mm-hmm. and she shouldn't be having sex with her brother. So. Um, yeah, that, that's... I want to see what that would be like on Game of Thrones. Yeah, but she's supposed to get married off. But also, a lot of stuff is about to change with the Lannister family, given that the patriarch, Tywin, is now dead. Yeah. And the king is dead. The one who is going to marry off his daughter and try and split the whole family apart, he is dead. So they're kind of going to fall into anarchy. Tyrion's gone now, too. Mm-hmm. So the land, that's why they're, like we said, like your favorite character is Cersei, even though she can be a terrible person. My favorite family on the show is the Lannisters because they're so fascinating, even though. They're awful. They're, oh my god, all of them are awful. Tyrion maybe is not, is maybe the least awful one, but he can be awful eh, in some ways. No. He killed two people. He, he did kill, he did kill Shay, that's true. But she I, was I can't. A but liar. She's, yeah, she is, that was pretty terrible when she lied. That scene was really amazing, the trial scene, I'll have to say again. Yeah. I watched it again tonight. And that's definitely his uh, his Emmy moment. Um, tell me, do you have any other uh, thoughts or things you feel like you should <sighs> say about uh, this season of Game of Thrones? We liked it. We want more. We want more. Yes, we want more. We're probably going to have to wait another year. Yeah. Um, I guess to sum up my thoughts... As I told you this earlier, but my favorite thing about Game of Thrones is that uh, obviously no one is going to win, and yeah. no one will ever be able to control 
the Seven Kingdoms, except for D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. So Yes. Yes, they are showrunners. And then where does George R. R. Martin fit into that? Uh, he's going to die soon. <laughs> that, that Most people don't read the books. Yeah, and, and, but although apparently he said he's want, he needs to write more books now, which is just an excuse to, for him to not write more books. Yeah. Okay, that was, that was our discussion of Season 4 of Game of Thrones. We're going to have few final thoughts and things to say after a very quick commercial break so don't touch that dial we'll be right back welcome back to the real deal podcast everybody uh before we go we just we like to have fun here, people. Um, <laughs> we're just going to do a little thing where we talk about what we want to happen next season. But mm. let's be clear. We're not D.B. Weiss or we're not or David Benioff or um, George R. R. Martin. We're not geniuses. We have no idea what's going to happen next. And actually guessing for real is just kind of self-defeating because we should live in the present. So anyway, we're gonna, we just decided we'd throw out a few quick things that we'd like to see happen next season. But not really. For instance, um, it'd be fun if the mountain, who I'm guessing might come back in some way, uh, if there's a second show off, if somebody wants to get uh, with Elyra, that's her name, right? Uh, Oberyn's, sure. Oberyn's lover. Yeah, wants Illyria, to get re- wants to Illyria wants to avenge uh, Oberyn Martell's death. Um, so she calls for a second duel against the mountain, and she hires in her place Hodor. Because he is also a giant Hodor. 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 So it would just be Hodor versus uh, Frankenstein's mountain. Yeah, perfect. And that'd be ridiculous. And I thought that'd be really cool because... But poor Hodor. I don't want to see Hodor get hurt. Something Um, I want to happen, which they alluded to once, is I want the dragons to be able to talk. That would be pretty awesome. I want some talking animals in here. (laughs) When did they allude to that? And, uh, when Joffrey was, like, giving Marjorie the tour of the throne room. Oh, the dragons. He said, like, the dragons used to talk or something. Some crap he was making up about dragons. Uh, Joffrey sucks. But anyway, uh, how would you feel if that dra- those dragons were voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch? That would be perfect. Probably the one best, one decent part about Desolation of Smog, but I don't know. I like Desolation of Smog. Yeah, so. I know. You like, you like The Hobbit much more than me. Yeah. Um, I think that another thing that, that, that should not happen, but it would be funny if it did, is uh, it turns out the Hound is still alive, and he decides to retire and open his own winery, so he will shut up about asking people about wine all the time. Real moocher, that guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Um, let's see. Um, I also then, want the wolves uh, to start talking. Yeah, I was about to say. the wolves We need more really talking start... animals on Game of Thrones. We really do. The wolves really should start talking. Those wolves are crazy, and they're huge now. I don't know. Would they have deep voices or squeaky voices or dog voices? I think they would talk like this. They all dogs talk like this. Yeah. All dogs talk like that. That's exactly. We, we know for an expert. I'm, a, I'm super secretly. We talk to dogs. We talk to animals. <laughs> Yeah. And, okay, my final non-prediction for next season. Uh, Tyrion, um, as he's trying to escape, is captured. 
And they want to bring him back to prison, but they want to bring him to a place where maybe he won't escape from and he'll be far away from everybody else. So he gets brought to, dun-dun-dun, Litchfield County Correctional Facility for season of Orange is the New Castle Black. The crossover of the century. Yeah. So that's, all right, those are our non-predictions. Thank you for listening to this very special bonus episode of the Real Deal podcast. Um, So if you were listening and had never watched Game of Thrones before and we spoiled it for you, that's tough. That's you should have listened to us. That's your fault. You should have listened to our spoiler warning. That's how the internet works. Welcome to the internet, kid. Um, <laughs> but as always, before we go, uh, Cassie, where could uh, people find you online this week? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at Cassie Grimaldi, C A S S I E. And you can find some of my writing on Screen Robot. And yeah, you can. Uh, find me there yes and um you can as always uh find my writing at realdealblog.com r-e-e-l dealblog.com you can also find old podcast episodes there you should also uh go on to itunes find the real deal podcast um there is another real deal podcast on the other one i think the last thing they reviewed was borat that's not us (laughs) uh we didn't know who each other we didn't know each other in 2006 and did not have a podcast then so we're the one with the big laugh yes we laugh we're the one with the big uh yellow episode the big yes we were we were we were very young but anyway subscribe to the real deal um you'll find episodes about uh days of future past uh fault in our stars veep uh, things like that. And you could follow me as always on Twitter at Ian Real Deal. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode. And as always, three, keep two, it real. one, keep it real. One, two, three, keep, keep it, it real. real. Keep it real. And really keep that's it. a rep. That keep it real. Real to the keep. Sure. Real to the keep and the keep to the real. I keep it to the real hippity hoppity. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy.